0: Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining in for concept six. Today's concept is the creative process. I'm here with Belle Hissom. Belle is an artist. Hi, Belle. Hey. All right, let's start with the good stuff. The easy question. Just kidding. It's not easy at all. What is art?
1: To me? Sure. Um... For me personally, art would be any expression of idea, concept, thought in a way that is unique to your own self. Mm. I don't think it's, it's something that's different for every single person, and it's something that humans can't use other things to describe through science or math or anything else. So mm. it falls in the realm of concept, of thought, of idea, um, whether that be visual art, writing, Speaking, singing, anything that, you know, we don't have a normal formula for in our Mm -hmm. culture and society right now.
0: So then how do you know when something isn't art?
1: I don't know. I think that's different for every single person because, you know, what is art and what is design? Uh And under art, there's so many different branches. So, you know, what is art and what is craft is a really huge... Mm debate in the art community as well so it really all falls behind intent of the artist Mm -hmm. intent of the person you know if I'm just creating something if I'm just knitting a quilt or not knitting a quilt if I'm just making a quilt for somebody Mm -hmm. I'm not making this as a piece of art I'm making this as a functional piece of fabric for somebody to use so I would consider that craft
0: But something in your heart or mind being intentionally different is what would set it apart, even if the product is identical at the end.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the thing that gets lost a lot is the intent and the context behind an object or an idea or a piece of uh, music or a book. It's taken out of context. It loses all of its power.
0: Hmm. That's really good. Let's talk about creativity. So not necessarily the creative process yet. We'll get to that. But what is Creativity. And, and how is that a different word than simply the word art?
1: Um, I think creativity doesn't have to be restricted under art. Creativity can fall underneath food, underneath, you know, in math or science, if you kind of go out of the box to try to figure out something else, that can be a creative way to figure out something new. I think creativity is using yourself and your process and your mind to figure out something that you can't do through normal means. So finding a different way mm-hmm. yeah. to solve a problem. Yeah, so right. using a creative solution to figure something out, whether that be a drawing or whether that be like, these foods taste horrible together, let me think of other things and go through this creative route to figure out something that works.
0: Oh, yeah. And you, you said creating solutions, and that makes me think, that was part of the description, and you, you and a couple other people are launching a business called Love Letter Creative. And one of the things I read on your website is that it's a, so? It's a studio that involves trying to have simple art solutions or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say simple. Um, it's a collective of myself, um, Allison Languish, and Jeremy Bowman um, We're working to start up a company that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, helps people understand the design process and why things work better than others, and why it's important to. You know, not just be like, let's just throw these images together and put that forward. Because in actuality, everything is very intentional. And why things succeed in good advertising and good design is because every little thing has been tested and um, tried and figured out a way to make that hit home with whoever is viewing it. And
0: mm-hmm. it's, it's
1: a creative solution to how do you display your branding to somebody who doesn't know who you are in mm. an image. or Yeah, and
0: sense. that most people, they would probably be in the category of someone that would come to you and not know what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. They have Mm -hmm. an idea of some kind. They have a a product. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about, so now we're entering into creative process stuff. Someone comes with, to you with an idea or a product, they commission you, if Mm -hmm. you will. Where do you even begin once they tell you the thing that they've said?
1: A lot of questions. Mm -hmm. I think as an artist, if you're doing work for somebody, (coughs) um, the less that you assume, the better. So the more questions that you ask, even if they're super far out there, like what are three things that you hate to see um, in design? What are three things that you love? What are things that you remember about art? What are colors that you hate? You You go into all of these huge questions to help narrow down the realm of what you can use to help solve their problem a little bit better. Um, I think people usually get <coughs> excuse me, really attached to, oh, I want this font with this picture with this thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, let's think bigger than that. Let's think, yeah. why don't you want these other things or why do you like this thing so much? And let's take elements from why you like this thing so much. Mm-hmm. Take it and combine it with your identity as a company or as a person or as a thought, and turn that into something that's completely original, mm-hmm. or as original as it can be. Yeah. Um, instead of banking on being really stuck with an idea, I think people shoot themselves in the foot when they stick with something. For it's gotta so long. be green. Yeah.
0: <coughs> yeah. All right. So you've had that conversation with Excuse them. Me. That's all right. You've had that conversation with them. You've mm-hmm. you've noted the things they like, the things they don't like, the some examples of, of how they want it to look or feel or portray. Mm-hmm. you've got all that journaled there or whatever. Then you go home
1: mm-hmm. or
0: to your office space or your workspace. Mm-hmm. and then you're by yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: then then what do you do? Where do you even begin to know what kind of thing to draw?
1: Well, it all depends. It's highly circumstantial on who am I talking to? What is the idea? What is the you know, what are the things within the idea that I'm excited about? as because I'm not a, a solely a designer I am more of a um studio artist I find for me personally I'd like to find something about somebody's idea that I'm excited about yeah <clears throat> because I know that I'll be able to take that immediately and to be able to move that forward I can I can use that one piece that I'm super psyched on you know maybe they're not psyched on it yet but I can take that extrapolate on that and try to find all the avenues of that. So it usually goes into looking up a lot of uh, reference images, reference resources of type of text, um, talking with my partner a lot. We go back and forth and that helps, you know, get that process moving along. Um, And if you're stuck on something and you, you keep pushing at it, then it's not a good idea. You know, if you're really psyched on something and the more you work it out and work it out and work it out and just everything kind of feels lackluster, that's your mind subconsciously telling you that this is not a good idea. This Mm -hmm. is not the best idea that you can come up with. So you scoot on back and start there and then continue down another path.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you ever find that the hardest part is the blank canvas?
1: Oh, yeah. I hate blank canvases. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: so you've you've got the pen in your hand mm-hmm. and you got all these ideas. Is, is it like the very first time the ink hits the paper is when you're like, here we go. This is what, what's the what's the moment where you're like, what am I about to do right now?
1: For me, I've I've tried to change my process a lot so that I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I used to have the issue of just looking at an image and I'm gonna freehand it. I'm just gonna yeah. go to town. Now it is, I'm going to sketch an underlayer with red pencil, I'm going to go over it with a darker pencil, and then I'm going to go over it again with a pen, and then I'm going to erase all the layers underneath, oh. and then I'm going to scan it in, and then I'm going to edit it on the computer, and then print it out and draw on it again, so,
0: so it's, it's b- of, you've you've you're, you have a system now. Mm-hmm. Has, has a system in any way <clears throat> hindered the artistic process or the creative mm-hmm. process because it's a system?
1: not the system's flexible enough to work for different things mm-hmm. i feel like i have to separate my own personal artwork uh, okay. from designing whenever i'm doing my own personal artwork it's a mess like i have okay it's it's a completely different creative process yeah it's easier to streamline design work because you have to be logical about it yeah because okay. there are um, restrictions and requirements that you have to meet mm-hmm. it's easier to work within that framework whereas when you're doing your own personal art it's nobody's telling you what looks bad, what looks good, what yeah, they yeah. want so it's all dependent on how you as the artist are feeling Well you
0: talked at the beginning about art having to do with intent mm-hmm. Do you ever find that there's tension with knowing this is someone else's passion
1: mm-hmm.
0: I am introducing art to it, but mm-hmm. your intent it may or may not be identical with their intent is mm-hmm. it ever is there something in your heart or mind that is unable to sometimes expand as far as it would because it's someone else's thing?
1: Um, I think that goes into a lot of how much of a connection I get with a client. Mm -hmm. If the client isn't willing to work with me on, you know, taking some weird creative leeways just to see if it works out, if you know they're on a strict timeline, that makes things really hard for me to get really excited about. um, Because I know I'm rushing it, and that makes Mm -hmm. it hard. But if somebody's really excited about an idea, I get really excited about an idea, so it just goes a lot faster
0: yeah wow well you know some people listening might know this but so you're illustrating the book that I'm writing Mm -hmm. and I thought about that when when we first met and talked about the concepts of the book it's like this is something that I'm passionate about
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not necessarily asking you to be passionate about it Mm -hmm. but I sort of am (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, I'm not trying to, con- I should say, I'm not trying to convince you of the content of it, Yeah. but I wouldn't want to partner together unless you actually liked the idea yeah. overall. And so what's it like working with, with me or what's it like working with a client where, you know, they've got this and you're listening you're trying to get to the core of what they're really trying to say. Mm-hmm. Do you try to find connection points that you do agree with, or yeah,
1: one hundred percent? A good example, I guess, is when you brought up botanical illustration. Yeah, that was what I, I latched onto it pretty hard, and I yeah took it and I just ran with it. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, whenever I do design work or commissioned work, <clears throat> I start to view myself as a person who you are contacting to do something that. You can imagine, but you can't, you don't have the skill set too. So I've been practicing for over 15 years on a skill set that allows me to communicate these complex abstract ideas and put them on paper.
0: And I would add that I think sometimes from like on my end of it, it's not just something that I can imagine, but don't have the skill set. It's more than that. Sometimes I can't even imagine it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I know it in my spirit or my heart or my, you know, Mm -hmm. the deep core of my brain Mm -hmm. already knows it. And I won't necessarily know it until I see it. Or I need you to show me because I've never seen it, but I know Mm -hmm. it on a deep level. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about uh, another layer of this creative process. Where do you think ideas come from?
1: Mm. I think they come from having an open stream of thought Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm. So I don't, I, I try not to, but I do when I'm at my part-time job, I, Mm -hmm. I shut down my mental, I'm focused on doing a very specific task for a very specific person, um, whether it be making food or or cleaning or whatnot. So
0: one might say you shifted into craft only mode. Yeah, uh, pretty much.
1: (laughs) I mean, my job still requires for me to have an attention to detail yeah, and yeah. um structuring timelines but mentally i'm not having that thought process but every single time that i'm not doing my other job i am always listening to things i'm always looking at things i am always mm-hmm. reading things and i am i do not stop thinking about stuff
0: mm-hmm. unless
1: i'm like watching a movie i'm really interested in or sure. you know doing something stupid on the computer which happens more than i'd like to admit but having an open stream of thought and paying attention to that stream of thought not just like mindlessly daydreaming i am always writing things down i'm always sketching weird things out and i'll like come to this random sheet of paper that's in my house and be like what the heck is this um but constantly being aware that this back stream of thought is going and i'm looking at buildings and how the color relates in the buildings and what the color of the sky is and what time of day it is and Mm -hmm. the music that I'm listening to in comparison. So it's about being really attentive to your surroundings and the culture and the society that you are in currently and what's happening with that in relation to what projects you have going on. sounds like
0: there's intent before you even are doing the skill itself. There's intent Mm -hmm. of just paying attention. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, maybe that just sort of sits in a um, holding tank somewhere mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, <laughs> and then you and then you have the intent mm-hmm. of of uh, when you actually do it. Is is your holding tank only in your mind?
1: Oh god, no, that would be a bad idea.
0: <laughs> so you write things down, yeah. you sketch things out,
1: mm-hmm. you have
0: little files that pulled up on your computer mm-hmm. or whatever.
1: And I'd like to make a point that a lot of people think art school is not necessarily something that you need, which is true. And a lot of people see that it's kind of a waste of time. But for me, art school and going to class, I was taught to how to pay attention Yeah. and how to pay attention to things with intent, because I also um, did a lot of study in art history as well, so you start recognizing patterns within your society, patterns within your culture, how people stack books in specific colors, like yeah. the bookcase behind you has red, 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 orange, orange, yellow, like there's a specific <laughs> color way to how you are stacking your books, even though you might not recognize it. Sure. Um, and so that's something that I've been trained to do through school, uh-huh. and I think that that is something that people often don't understand or want to pay attention to, like, yeah. I'm paying attention to your color scheme on your outfit and how that relates to the building behind you, huh. um, whether you want me to or not. It's something that's been <laughs> wired into my brain, and then that feeds into me pulling a, a big mental library later on wow. um, with stuff. Just a lot of stuff. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. do, do you ever wish that you could... St- well, I guess sometimes you said you do stop thinking that way, mm-hmm. but is it, ever, is it ever on too much and you want to try to... Turn it off? or
1: um, It's frustrating because I also have ADHD, so it, it makes it hard to, um, whenever I am doing a project that I need to focus on, I like having three or four things happening at once um, so that if I'm feeling just a little bit stuck, I can scoot to the other thing and then scoot to the other thing. But then that also bites me pretty hard, and then sometimes I fall behind on um, certain processes.
0: So, okay, ADHD... Tell me about, since you brought it up, Mm -hmm, (laughs) tell me me about what that is, how it hinders you, but also is there a chance that it is a helpful aspect of your artistic process?
1: Um, Yeah, so I was diagnosed with it in early middle school. I was prescribed pretty heavily with Adderall while they were in their testing phase. Um, So I was on about 120 milligrams a day um, for a 14-year-old, 120 milligrams pound body. So it was a pretty severe dosage that was later looked back on, they were like, wow, we should have not done that. Wow. Like that was way too, like I would hyper Did it just make you
0: like totally like a zombie or something?
1: It made me severely hyper focus. Um mm. it made me really antisocial. Um it just completely isolated me from other things, and you know that stupid thing like, oh, I didn't take my pill today. The sky looks great. It w- it literally felt like that um, throughout middle school because the days that I wouldn't take my medicine, I would just want to look at things all day because I could actually focus on that rather than my schoolwork. My school was great; I had straight A's um, yeah. in a private school, but it was severely isolating. So I I refuse to take medication now because I I'm very worried about. The effects of that. okay um, But I think ADHD allows me to have a lot of different interests, um, but it also makes me pretty scatterbrained or I take one thing and I roll with it and I don't realize that the person in front of me wanted to talk about something else uh. for a lot longer and they are taking me being excited and running off of something as rude, even though I'm just really, really psyched. Um, <laughs> but in females, it's often misdiagnosed. Because ADHD in women is seen as um, hyper-focusing. So it makes me pretty inward a lot. I get really focused on stuff. I don't hear people a lot of the time when I'm focusing on things. Um, and if I'm on a roll, I'm going to stay up until 4 a.m. I finish it. I'm not going to be like, I'll pick this up in the morning. Because yeah. I won't. Um, and so I've learned how to work with it a lot. But it still does affect Well, me I've flow. never
0: been diagnosed with that. But mm-hmm. I have those moments where... I'm all in with it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: For me, a lot of times it has to do with teaching preparation, but it still feels like an artistic or creative process Mm -hmm. for me. A lot like what you're saying is what I go through, even though it's different content and I can't draw at all. It's it's more preparing for spoken word stuff. But do you think that there's anything that is good about that hyper focus? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it is it a good thing that you're driven to stay up till four in the morning? Is that because when I think of the stereotype of an artist, yeah. that's what I think about. Yeah. It's like this like mad scientist mm-hmm. that must finish this thing, and whenever the inspiration hits, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, do you ever are you ever glad that you have those tendencies?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, I also suffer from depression, so it's also a weird balancer. Oh. Um, so like I have severe seasonal depression as well. So. There are days when I really just don't want to do anything, but then I get really antsy and I feel really, you know, mentally really confused and frustrated and I feel stagnant about stuff. But I do appreciate that my body is that attached to a specific thing that I want to be able to finish it by 4 o'clock in the morning.
0: Does the the depression suppress the creative process for you? No. No. Wow.
1: I, I, I try to use it and... To use that level of down, and I do a lot of writing during that time. Okay. I've written a poetry book. I have you know, I, I try to take that thing and not be afraid of being sad, um, but using that to fuel more of my um, personal work rather wow. than just being like, what? I'm sad, I'm going to sit in bed, which is usually what used to happen when I was younger.
0: Okay, it sounds like you you go with the emotion that mm-hmm. you're in instead of trying to deny it. Mm-hmm. You ride it. And like you said, sometimes that could be your friends might perceive it as you not caring because you're like, now this thing. You know? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Time to go. <laughs> right. But so the, the seasonal, um, is that winter time? Or mm-hmm. is it, yeah?
1: Um, I mean, I've dealt with it year round as well, but it's gotten a lot better um, after I've moved up here. Um, but when. I have a very strong connection to the environment and to plants. And so when it's dead outside and there are random warm days, I get so excited and I'm in the best mood when it's sunny. And then day after day after day, if it's snowy, that's a different thing. But it's this weird stagnant period of like, it's 40 degrees out and there's no leaves on the trees and everything's kind of brown. After a while, it really starts taking a toll on me. Um, Daylight savings time helped though. Yeah, (laughs) Having more sunlight definitely helped. And
0: then when it's spring and it won't hasn't sprung.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just this horrible, like you're just waiting for it to happen. And I saw some of the, the pear blossoms today. and I'm really yeah. excited about everything. And we have daffodils in our yard. So yeah, it's definitely been a lot better.
0: Well, when you said that, it made me think of, um, so there's a section well, I'm thinking about in the context of the book I'm writing, but the, mm-hmm. in the Psalms and all throughout, um, some poetic writings in the Bible where there's what seems like not so happy poetry Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's an honest and vulnerable expression of how the people were feeling at the time and their Mm -hmm. doubts and their frustrations and their confusion and also their faith. And for me, I have this, the language that I put to it, Mm-hmm. While it is genuine to me and genuine to the faith- my faith tradition, it's also- sometimes feels like an oversimplification and here's what mm-hmm. I mean. if someone were to ask me a lot of the questions I'm asking you like uh hey, when you're doing teaching preparation and mm-hmm. you're starting and it's the blank page and you what you're gonna start from scratch and like to get to the point of saying where do you where does it start and where do the inspirations come from?" oftentimes what I find to be my answer while I believe is true is sometimes generic is Mm. just the word God Mm. or it's just like, okay, I believe that actually. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, does that mean that I don't really know how to put into words what it is that's happening? It's Mm -hmm. just this metaphysical thing of God. Mm -hmm. Um, do you sense any spirituality behind your creative process?
1: Um, I wouldn't like to say I have a complicated relationship with religion, but the place I grew up in Wilmington, um, the church scene there is very um, related to like high society. If you're in a higher um, paying class, then you go to this church because I everybody see. sees you come out on Sunday, and mm-hmm. you better wear that dress, and you better go. It was always introduced as this very, um, we're doing this so other people can see that we're doing this rather than, we're doing this because we believe in this and we would like to have some time yeah. with this connection. Sure. Um, I really enjoyed the charity and doing a lot of the mission trips. I thought that was really fun. Um, but a piece that I'm working on right now is actually my connection. It was a very big movement. Um, whenever I was in eighth grade, there's a Fort Caswell um, mission, not a mission trip, a retreat. I know right where here. that is. Yeah. 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 Um, And at night, you get to experience these huge, insane winds because it's just next to the open ocean. And I was trying my hardest. I'm also gay, so it was also like a very confusing time. Mm. Um, And I was. everybody was like, I feel him in my soul, and I'm so excited. And I was like, I'm really trying. Like, I was really, really trying. And I was really frustrated that I wasn't getting this sense of, you know, physical touching or some sort of mental connection and... Um, so at night I went out to the, like, and I was staring at the ocean and I was just like, I do not feel anything. And I'm so frustrated that mm. I don't, because I wasn't feeling a connection with any upper force that other people had. And then these huge winds like hit me and I was just sitting there and I was like, I'll just take this as some other form. Okay. I will experience nature as... My connection was some sort of power, because I don't have control over nature; nature has control over me. Mm. So for me, that's been my connection with. I'm not atheist or anything. I'm agnostic, um, but it was hard for me to find any connection through um, traditional forms that had been presented to me at the time. So
0: yeah, and it's interesting. I think about that same moment. I have. I, I've never went to like the camp Fort Caswell, but I've mm-hmm. driven up to see all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there's. There have been some other people that have sat and felt those winds mm-hmm. and attributed that to yeah. God, Yahweh, mm-hmm. other words that they would use.
1: 100%.
0: Same, ex- no, not same experience, but same winds, mm-hmm. different language or different way of, and uh, when you said that, it made me th- it sounds like you're like a deep connection with creation or nature, or however mm-hmm. you would word that. The, the flowers and the seasons and mm-hmm. then the wind, and then you're like... Empathizing or sympathizing or co-experiencing mm-hmm. that with those forces, yeah. And oh, that's that seems very artistic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just seems like even even sitting in that and feeling that mm-hmm. is got to be part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. Maybe the accumulation of ideas part of it. Yeah. But that's really big time stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, So I'm hoping to create a book that um, I'm going to collaborate with a photographer, um, and hopefully we're going to Fort Caswell this summer to be able to take photos. Um, And I want to create a book that when you open it spans 12 feet, and it's just this panoramic view of the ocean Um, with the quote, I looked for God in the ocean and I found nothing, and that in itself gave me peace. Wow. So not being able to find some sort of physical form actually made me feel a lot better. Not being not relating to the specific Christianity or Judaism or paganism, which I also tried for a while, um, being able just to have a relationship with my environment is all that I need at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the people around me, that's that's all I need. So you
0: have some church experience, though. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the, the the story of the guy Elijah who experienced all those like a uh, storm and fire and earthquake and all
1: it's been a while yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a so nine years
0: i'm big time paraphrasing here but he uh goes in this cave
1: mm-hmm. is that the burning bush
0: no that's okay. moses
1: that's, sorry
0: <laughs> which is also you know nature mm-hmm. right but no different guy he is in this cave and he's a prophet and he's sensing mm-hmm. or wanting to sense the presence of god and there's like a an earthquake, and it Mm -hmm. says, but God was not in the earthquake. And then there was a... And people listening are going to... Don't judge me because I don't remember all the details. But it's like... (laughs) And there's the fire. Basically, all these big expressions Mm -hmm. that would normally be perceived as obvious Mm -hmm. evidence of God because the forces are so strong. Mm -hmm. But then it ends up being that it... But it was in a still, small voice. So if you've ever heard that phrase, that's where it came from, a still, small voice, or like the gentle whisper. And um i don't know i just just thought of that when when you said that that when you said the ocean i i really have i've really just been wrestling with the idea of so you know i believe in god but god being invisible and in the bible god being described as invisible
1: mm-hmm.
0: yet being the creator. So then everything that is visible is from God. And so therefore visible manifestation and then going further with it, believing Jesus is the visible version of the invisible God. Um, but having those moments where sitting in the isolation of the wilderness or something like that, and Mm -hmm. just going like God and all of God's magnitude and all that still Mm -hmm. not, Revealing something that I can perceive,
1: yeah,
0: even though I can quote some Bible verses that would sort of justify yeah. that, but just that feeling as a human, mm-hmm. and that I, the way that I interpret it is God's humility. Mm. And but it's interesting when you already have a certain foundation of a thought and mm-hmm. then you have an experience, you filter that experience through the, mm-hmm. what you already think, yeah. And so, I'm sitting. I don't see God, mm-hmm. and so then I interpret that as God must be humble. Mm-hmm. Someone else sits and doesn't see God and interprets it as there must not be a God, yeah. or you know, yeah. and, and it's just the like kind of a human, a human thing. But I, I wonder. So, how, however you want to word it, whether it's God or whether it's um, what's the word, the phrase you used, um, the force. Um, Higher force or a higher... um, Just
1: some sort of higher... Power that I don't have control over. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think that that power Mm -hmm. that you don't have control over is part of your creative process?
1: Yeah. I mean, nature, the weather... You know, how hot it is, what's in bloom, is something that I will never have control over. I, I can edit it as much as I want to. I can move. I can plant different plants that will bloom at different times. I can get a sun lamp if I need it. Um, but I the I really do enjoy being in nature, not having control over it, that part of my life because I am quite con- controlling with the other parts. Mm. Um And that in itself, that lack of control, makes up for if I'm stuck in inspiration. Well, I can't control what's happening outside, so there must be something cool happening outside that I can reference back into this. Whether it be a crazy sunset that inspires me to have a color palette or some really weird color relation and half of the stick turned blue and half of it is brown because of mold. You know, just really Mm -hmm. odd things that I really like seeing um, will always somehow inspire some sort of weird yeah, connection back to my work for sure.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's art is so interesting. And, but whenever I see something in nature that it's just this beautiful form of art already, mm-hmm. again, I end up attributing it to God. It's not that I think that God came and hand-painted a leaf or something (laughs) like that. I realize it's an entire process, but it's still Mm -hmm. kind of attributed there. Um, And oftentimes when I'm doing some sort of something that involves the creative process, I am aware of and attempting to be aware of not just a nature in general or strong force in general, but a personality Mm -hmm. of God being with me. And around me, but sometimes I also am like, "Well, that idea. Am I am I saying that it's God's idea, and I'm I'm attributing something to God that God didn't didn't do?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With the exception of just saying, if I'm made by God, then mm-hmm. that's still attributed to God. But I sometimes I'm what I'm really trying to get at is. Sometimes it bothers me when people go, well, God told me to do this or God Mm -hmm. showed me this. And then I kind of go, how do you know? Yeah, You know, I I appreciate the sentiment behind it and for many people, the purity behind it. But with me, I'm like, I don't know for sure Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where that came from. And then sometimes people say to me, oh, God really showed you this thing. I'm like, well, I believe that too. But man, this is a mysterious, confusing Mm-hmm. thing to try to describe where it came from and it very much reminds me of what we're t- saying this mm-hmm. where where did this come from where did this idea come from where was the the spark of it who or what was in the process very metaphysical talk i guess Yeah. Yeah, and maybe it's very this, heady talk yeah. for sure. And isn't and isn't art it sounds like the way you described art seems to be similar to metaphysics in in terms mm-hmm. of like what role that it plays in the world and what role it doesn't play in the world. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think art will have as much value as people place upon it. It's never going to be like, well, you can say, oh, this painting was done with all these fancy paints and it cost this much to make and that's how much it should be worth. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you look at, you know in response to um, the abstract expressionism, the severe minimalism, and people get mad about why is this blank white canvas worth millions and millions of dollars and then they don't think of the context and everything that surrounds it and it's worth so much because it is a physical form and object of an idea of a group of people that doesn't exist anymore Mm. you know if you but then if you remove all the context and all the placement on it and everything was erased in history you just throw that in the trash. Or if there was zombie apocalypse, yeah, yeah, just like, There's mm-hmm. a, yeah. <laughs> nobody would care. Um, right. So I think the context and what's important about art and artists is that oh. they're usually pretty methodical people. You're compounding thoughts on thoughts on thoughts on um, references on experiences on context, and throughout your life, that just gets bigger and bigger, and things get easier and easier and easier. And then you having that ability to pull context and put that in an item or object that's visual is what's the valuable part. And I think people just see the image and not all of the stuff behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you remove the education of this is how I got here to all of these things, and it was a six-week process, and that's how we came up with this amazing Mm -hmm. design for you. And they're like, oh, cool, $200. You just came up with that flat. And it's like, you're, you're not open to learning about the process, so you don't see the value.
0: Oh, but you can't really control their response. You can't. And so, which gotta keep is another, <laughs> yet another thing you can't control. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you have to be really excited about the work to be able to do this, because you can accept all, all the small, short jobs that you want, but if you're not fully, you know, attached to them, at least for me personally, I wouldn't accept a job if I didn't know I could do it 100%. Yeah. If I'm not 100% excited knowing that I have a great solution for somebody's thought process or question, mm-hmm. then I would rather recommend them to somebody who can. Right. Rather than, you know, waste all this time through a creative process that might not get to an outcome where neither of us are happy.
0: Uh-huh. So let's try to wrap it up with simplifying it and down to two different in two different ways. One okay. is someone listening and they want to connect with an artist
1: mm-hmm.
0: whether it be through love letter creative or not regardless mm-hmm. of where they are and how they connect mm-hmm. so let's start there how how can we simplify this concept someone wants to connect with an artist and uh, find some art solutions mm-hmm. from that perspective what should they do
1: if you want to connect with an artist you need to be open you need to be flexible and you need to be willing to Spend a little bit more time. I think that's something you can't, everything can't be written down any email Mm -hmm. to construe what it is that you're excited about. Um, Making the time to talk with an artist, to be flexible with their ideas, because they're only trying to help facilitate what you want to do. So talking to an artist, sitting down with an artist, being flexible with your idea and allowing it to be. Maybe better than mm-hmm. what you initially came in with. I think people are afraid yeah. that they're gonna an artist is gonna take and run with it and go completely somewhere else that they don't want them to. But if you're open and flexible and you have really good communication with who you're working with, I think it's gonna be a lot easier than you would expect it to be. Right.
0: However, there probably are times though that they went they w- the person would say to the artist, "This in fact is not at all what I meant."
1: Yeah. Oh. It w- yeah.
0: I guess that's okay to say as long yeah. as it's in love, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and then on the backside, an artist needs to be self editing enough to be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I completely misunderstood mm-hmm. where you wanted to go. Where do you want to go?
0: Right. And then, and then <coughs> very specifically, if you do want to connect with bell and with love letter creative, you can go to lovelettercreative.studio dot mm-hmm. studio. If you want to, if you're looking for some art solutions, very specifically. Uh, okay. Now last thing, what about for the artists listening? I know there are going to be some people who love to do art in all different ways they're mm-hmm. going to be listening to this how how do we boil down everything we just said into mm-hmm. some very basic simple, practical like way. steps for yes, yeah, simple steps
1: pay attention um, write everything down you're not going to remember it in the morning <laughs> that is something that I still do every single night I will forget about it in the morning and then I'll kick myself in the next day trying to be like, what was that one thing So practice, um, ask questions for other people. Most artists are really willing to talk with other artists about process. I think it's important to have a communication. That's really good
0: to know, yeah. Um, You don't have to be the mad scientist alone in the lab all the time. Yeah,
1: And half the time, somebody else knows how to do it a lot faster and can give you a lot of tips. So practice references, paying attention, um, allowing yourself to fail... Mm-hmm. Not everything's gonna work, and that sucks and I've thrown away some stuff that I'm just like not psyched about, but all of my professors that I respect a lot, they were like, "You know, for two years, I just made crap work, Wow, but then it got me to here, and now I'm showing you museums um so allowing yourself to fail and just keep practicing if you stop practicing your craft, you're gonna lose all the mm. all the practice you've made up until this point.
0: That's a really good answer, bill thanks, yeah. <laughs> uh let's go through it one more time okay oh, um being open
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh write things down
1: write things down practice
0: practice uh,
1: pay attention pay attention um ask other people
0: ask other people and other yeah.
1: artists um and be okay with failing mm. Maybe not with your design work, but like your personal work, <laughs> that might be or, or, a little or, better. Or
0: like failing as part of the long-term process yeah. to get to the point that it's not failing yeah. and succeeding.
1: Yeah, you might spend so much time working on one route and you're like, this is not working. I shot myself in the foot. Uh, Let me move back and it's going to suck, but it still has to get done. And now I know that this way doesn't work. Yeah. So you at least do that. I now know. Yeah. <laughs> you learned something um, new.
0: Well, thanks so much for your time and your creativity and your um advice and also thanks for making amazing images for my book (laughs) i love them well thanks for listening in to concept six the creative process you can go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things